and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the show where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. My name is Jeremy Dionisio. And I'm Jack Swakowski. Uh, it's uh, Wednesday, September 23rd, 2020, uh, the last week of the uh, 2020 baseball season, Jack. Um, this is episode number 89. Um, Jack, uh, for my number 89 player who debuted in 1989, uh, I am picking Chuck McElroy. Chuck McElroy. Oh, you know, you know what? As Jeremy, as I was looking uh, across uh, the 1989 debuts, uh, Chuck McElroy's name uh, rang a bell to me. I was uh, that that stood out. Chuck, he's a, he was a lefty. Without looking it up, Jeremy, right? He was a lefty. He was a lefty reliever. That's correct, Jack. I mean, he okay. might he might stand out to you because I talk about him. I feel like I've talked. I feel like I talk about him all the time. I, I, I this cannot be the first time I've brought him up on the podcast, but he's one of my like he's like my favorite oddball baseball player of all time. I would say. Okay. Okay. Why and why is that? Like for no for no, yeah for no reason whatsoever. He's my favorite player. Like just because he was a lefty, he wore glasses. He checks all the boxes for me. Um, you know, there are not too many like black pitchers around, so like he like you know he he's like kind of an uh, he's like uh, kind of like a you know he stands out in that way I guess. Um, and he was just, he was on the Cubs, like in those like early impressionable years for me. So, um, I don't know. He just stands out to me. Um, this is a fun fact, Jack, but, um, me and my friend wrote a screenplay, uh, back when we were like just graduating high school, like beginning college. And, um, we wrote like, it's, it's like a buddy film basically. And we kind of basically wrote like each, a character each for, for each of us. And, um, my character's last name was McElroy <laughs> Chuck McElroy. So. <laughs> all right yeah I mean it looks he carved out a pretty good career for himself as a as a as a reliever um you know he's he stuck around for a long time looks like he played from 89 to 2001 I mean I certainly remember him I remember him as just being kind of a journey guy I don't a journeyman I don't remember him being on any one specific team uh but yeah career 390 ERA uh it's a little high for a reliever but um you know, uh, not bad. Um, so yeah, definitely just one of those, uh, journeyman reliever left-handed pitcher guys that, uh, stays around for a while. Yeah. And I don't even think, I feel like he even predates like the loogie, uh, designation. Like, I think he was like, you know, he was good for more than a one out guy, but he was definitely a lefty. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, he had some good numbers with the Cubs, like in, uh, two, in 1991, uh, not that the Cubs were doing anything that year, but he appeared in 71 games, had a 195 ERA, um, and you know, it's kind of annoying. I guess I could have dug deeper here, but like, I, I don't know why this is, but baseball reference doesn't keep track of holds. Uh, correct, Jack? Like you, you don't remember seeing holds on there, right? No, I mean, I'm, I'm looking right now. I don't see it on there. Yeah, no, I, they never did. And, uh, I thought maybe they may have changed that, but, uh, they didn't, but I, I, you know, I, I think, um, like ESPN does, I don't know if they, I don't know if they have career stats on Chuck McElroy, but, um, um, I would like to see what um, his career holds were because that's that was his bread and butter. Basically, um, like the Cubs, like they're like one, two punch, like uh, like setup guys were um, Chuck McElroy and Heathcliff Slocum. If you remember him, Jack. Mm, sure. I remember Heathcliff Slocum. He was also a, a black dude, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 So you got uh, I, I remember Heathcliff Slocum as well. That's another guy. Who was a, a journeyman uh, relief, you know, relief pitcher as well? I I, I couldn't, <laughs> I don't know if I could name like a specific team that Heathcliff Slocum was on, but yeah, he was around for a while, and he also had a, a cool name as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. You know what was odd? It's odd. There's a there's a golfer named Heath Slocum, um, and it's like how how could there be like <laughs> two like Heath Slocums in the world? Uh, but but it, it is definitely <laughs> an odd name that there should not be two of, but. Um, but anyway, so I digress, but, uh, Chuck McElroy is my guy and, uh, I wanted us to, to, you know, cement him in, in history here as being, uh, the official 89 pick for, uh, for me. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, ex- an excellent choice, Jeremy. And for the record, uh, I have not heard you talk about Chuck McElroy that much. So that's, uh, that's a revelation for me. Nice. Um, okay. uh, yeah, my guy, Jeremy is going to be, uh, John Olerud. Okay. 
All right. Yeah, uh, John Olerud made his debut in 1989. Uh, uh, never played in the minor leagues, it looks like. There's no, uh, there's no minor league records for him on baseball reference, so he might have been one of those odd guys uh, like Garrett Cro- Crochet or, uh, for the White Sox recently uh-huh. who, never, who never played in the minor leagues. But, yeah, John Olerud had a really good uh, career. Um, uh, I mean, very impressive. He only made two all-star teams. But um, in the 1993 year where he played with Toronto and he made that all-star team, he uh, led the league in doubles with 54, had 24 home runs, 107 RBIs, and a 363 average, which led the, uh, which led the major leagues, or uh, at least it led the American League. Um, uh, and that was the year the Blue Jays won the World Series. Uh, so he was really consistently good. Uh, also, he's famous for wearing a helmet uh, in the field. Um, too. Uh, so that was like, that was like my big thing with him when, when I was a, a kid is, uh, like, you know, I, I always thought that was cool that he wore a helmet in the field. Yeah, no, uh, equally so Jack, uh, I couldn't like wrap my head around it. I'm like, why is he wearing a helmet? Like, I can't accept it. Like, I want to know why, like, I mean, wh- I, as a little kid, like I was told that it was like because of some injury or something that he happened, that he, he got hit in the head or something as a kid or something. Yeah, you know, and I didn't, I didn't really look into that aspect of it. I, I almost kind of want that to remain a mystery, like <laughs> yeah. of why he wore, why he wore a helmet. I'm sure it, it, it's, it would be an easy thing to find out. Um, but, but a funny story about that is, uh, so him, him and Ricky Henderson were teammates uh, with the Mets in 1999, and then Seattle in 2000. And so, uh, like you know, Ricky Henderson um, came up, like it, came up to him when he was in Seattle, and he's like. He's like, hey, uh, you know, I had a teammate last year that wore a, that wore a helmet in the field, and John Olerud said, yeah, that was me. <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, that, that's just like a famous Ricky Henderson story. But John uh, John Olerud hit two ninety five for his career, um, uh, and he was like he was like the odd first baseman, kind of like Mark Grace, where he he wouldn't hit a lot of home runs. He would yeah. usually hit about twenty home runs pretty consistently, but he would always have uh, you know near a hundred RBIs. Um, there was also a season in 1999. He walked 125 times, which is a, a hell of a lot. So, like, yeah, he was just a great hitter. He had great, day, uh, great plate discipline. Um, he walked a lot, uh, just consistently got a lot of hits, finished with 2,200 career hits. Not good enough for the Hall of Fame, but, uh, yeah, if you were around and watching baseball at that time, like, he was a really solid first baseman. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up Mark Grace because I feel like in that in the early 90s they were like the counter the like cross league counterparts basically like mark grace was the national league version of john olerud and vice versa yeah 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 most definitely um yeah so john olerud um we uh we salute you or at least i do so he's my he's my pick for 1989 yeah we tip our helmets to you <laughs> um so Jeremy, uh, last week you enlightened me to a, uh, a subject. Um, uh, well, his name is Spuds McKenzie. Um, he's a, a super party animal. And I had never, I had never heard of, uh, of Spuds McKenzie before that episode. It was something that I was a little bit too young for because I think the first commercial aired in maybe 1987 and the last one was like 1989 and I was born in 86. So, okay. um, you know, I would have just been way too young to remember this, but, uh, you know, after your, um, your, what I now know was an accurate description of the commercials <laughs> from last week, uh, I, uh, Jeremy, I was blown away by these, uh, by these Spuds <laughs> McKenzie commercials. So, uh, the, what, you know, I just need to talk about this for a few minutes cause I've, yeah. I've probably watched these commercials, uh, 50 times now. Um, you can go on YouTube and there's like a 90 second video with three of the commercials. You get three 30 second spots on there. Um, yeah, each one has a song. Uh, the first one is like a beach boys type of song. The second one like has a reggae flavor and the third one is like a, a country song, but they yeah. all, they all follow the same sort of thing. They introduce Spuds McKenzie as a character. They give you the formula for what sends him into a, far, a party frenzy, yep. which is uh, he's got something in sight, whether it's a beach or a barbecue or something, it's something in sight and a cold Bud Light puts him in a party frenzy. Um, his name is Spuds. I, yeah. yeah, and and his name, yeah, and then, and then they say, go Spuds, go. And then he does, you know, we get to see what the party frenzy is. They don't just tease it. Um, you know, he's either skateboarding or he's jumping off of a, a diving board into a pool, yeah. or he's, he's playing the drums. Like, he is in the party frenzy 
when that, that, that is his party frenzy. I feel like a party frenzy, Jeremy, you know, based on these Spuds McKenzie commercials could be defined as like if you're at a party and you do something like above and beyond that gets everybody's attention and everybody is just cool with it. I'm thinking that scene in Almost Famous when Billy Crudup is on the roof and he's like, I'm a golden god, you know, um, like yeah. that, I, that would be the definition of a party frenzy. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever been in one. It almost seems like they've kind of lowered the bar slightly for, as a, par- a party, quote unquote, frenzy. I mean, I would say, yeah, definitely <laughs> like the the almost famous moment, I would say, passes as a party frenzy. But like a dog. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess if a dog was playing a drum set at a party I was at, I would be pretty I would be pretty. Uh, you know, <laughs> up. So so that is that is pretty cool. I, Jack, there's so much to um, to dissect here. Um and uh, maybe we have the time for it today too. But like, um, the, first of all, well, Jack, do you remember like what the first two like lines of the song are? Uh, like uh, something, something, something. It's, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I know, I know all the lyrics. It's a uh, well, it's a super party animal. His name is Spuds McKenzie, and then it's he's got a beach in sight and a cold Bud Light, and he's in a party frenzy. And then the um, yeah. and then there's like that there's like this wacky narrator who's like, it's Spuds McKenzie, one party loving right. happening dude. Um, so they yeah, I mean they really <laughs> enforce this. Uh, just they really let you know that Spuds McKenzie loves loves to party and that he's a happening dude. Yeah. No, I mean it, it, that that is just the eighty. That's it's it that that commercial sums up the eighties. Like like if you were to show like an alien or like a a Generation Z uh, person, um, like <laughs> something about the eighties. Like this, it, it would be this commercial. Like it's it's just it talks about partying and like being a dude and just like like bikini babes and stuff. Like that's like what the eighties was. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, so that 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 right there. Um, that that voiceover is like a bootleg um, Robin Leach from uh, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Like you know, like so. I think they're trying to do. I don't because I, I don't think that is. Uh, I don't think that actually is Robin Leach. I think that's a bootleg Robin Leach. Um, so there's that. Um, and then the but the song the song is like, I'll, I'll say this too. Like about whatever ad men had to like write the song for the commercials. Like like you you talk to any songwriter and you're like. All right, write me a song that includes the word Spuds McKenzie. Like they're, they're gonna like they're gonna like immediately whip out like the bourbon bottle and start like hitting it, uh, because like how do you write a song that with where you include those words and it somehow rhymes with something? So, I I almost say like if if party frenzy is a stretch, it's only because they were trying to make it rhyme with the McKenzie. <laughs> like, like, like luckily by the you know by the hand of God. There, there's one word in the English dictionary that rhymes with Mackenzie. Um, so, so there's that, and yeah, it's just like, and it, it is like the this commercial is completely like refillable with just like a, a slight like alterations. I actually didn't even realize that the words were all the same. Uh, I knew that there were slight some variations, so like I, I must have caught where like the party part was like the variation. But, but yeah, the the reggae one is 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 is, is uh, exceptionally just like messed up and just out of there like totally like a white dude doing like a jamaican accent um <laughs> it's just it's it's a mess they're a mess like i watched them with my wife earlier today and we were just like i was just i was crying laughing because it was just so it's just so absurd it's just so absurd yeah and jeremy you were right like these women are clearly like sexually attracted to spuds mckenzie the the one the yeah. one where he's at the pool the reggae one um, like he, he passes her at the pool and she like, she checks him out. Like she full on cruises Spuds McKenzie. Um, yeah. and then I, I think my favorite one, Jeremy is the barbecue one. Uh, cause I think at that point they had really hit their stride, but my, yeah, my favorite line in any of the commercials is when Spuds is playing the drums and then it cuts to the woman. She goes, Spuds, you really cooking now. Uh, <laughs> it's the best. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Jeremy, thank oh. you. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Well, oh, oh, that we were ever to get that sort of reaction from a woman in our lives. <laughs> um, Jeremy, I'll say this. Uh, they, they actually did bring Spuds McKenzie back for a Super Bowl commercial in 2017, but they did it all okay. wrong. It was, uh, so I, I watched that commercial, too, because I don't remember it from the, the 17 Super Bowl. But um, they had Carl Weathers be the voice of Spuds McKenzie. But, like, first of all, Spuds McKenzie doesn't talk. 
in the commercials. So it was like the the, pre- the premise of this of the commercial is this guy is like sitting in his apartment alone and like he he his friends call him but he doesn't want to go out and then like the ghost of Spuds McKenzie appears voiced oh, by Carl yeah, Weathers. I that. Yeah, and he's like, you know, he's like, "Hey man, like you got to get out and party with your friends. You're missing all these good times." But like I think if they were going to bring back Spuds McKenzie, they should have just done a commercial with the song and uh, the Spudettes, which are, like, his three backup singers and, like, you know, all of the women and, like, you know, big, like, musclehead dudes, like, hanging out at the beach. Like, just do, just do that commercial um, again. And, you know, yeah. people, we haven't seen it in 30 years. You know, nobody's going nobody's gonna to object to it. Uh, so, yeah, I think they kind of did it wrong. And then I, I went even a, a, a step further, and I watched a clip where uh, Spuds McKenzie appeared on the Dick Clark show. And, like, I, I never watched Dick Clark, but, like, I can tell the guy doesn't have a comedic bone, uh, you know, in his body, at least as far as this, sh- this show is concerned, because he was, like, you know, he was interviewing Spuds McKenzie, and Spuds was there with the Spudettes. And, um, and like, he was, he was asking him, he's like, uh, he's like, so, you know, we, uh, we, like, Spuds does know that he's a dog, right? And, like, the, 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 whole, the whole point of the joke of this is that, like, you know, we're not acknowledging that Spuds is a dog. So it's like right off the bat, like you have to right. do that. It would have been funnier if he would have just played along. And, but, then, but then he also he also says, so there's also rumors that uh, Spuds is female, which was true. Spuds was a, a lady dog. Um, but it's, it's like, again, dude, like what, what are you trying to do here? This isn't an, an expose on Spuds McKenzie. Like just play along with the, <laughs> just play along with the fucking joke. Um, so like thankfully, yeah. like the Spudettes, like, are in character and get some laughs, but it's like, yeah, geez, Jesus, dude, like this guy is a fucking talk show. Like, what a, what a, what a moron. So that, uh, and here, here I am, here I am defending the honor of Spuds McKenzie, um, who, who couldn't possibly oh uh, want to thank me. Yeah. So Jeremy, thank you for like, uh, for introducing that rabbit hole to me this week. That was a, that was a fun one to go down. That that's awesome, Jack. I love how how deep you uh, dug on Spuds McKenzie, and I will say, um, you know, there's 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 reports still coming out that Rob Manfred wants fans back in the stands for the playoffs, and I will say that no no greater argument could be made for that than us hosting this baseball podcast, where the the crux is that we go to games, spending the last fifteen minutes talking about Spuds McKenzie and Dick Clark. <laughs> <laughs> in the year 2020 uh i love it i absolutely love it um dick clark uh I, that's really funny um i uh <laughs> i i i'm i'm wondering now if he was just like pissed off that he had to interview a dog on his podcast or on his <laughs> interview show and he was just shitting on it maybe um i'm thinking about like you know the casey Kasem uh rant where he's like i gotta read a dedication after a fucking dog dying and like maybe it was just like crusty <laughs> old like broadcaster guy like pissed off that he had to interview a dog um but uh but yeah that is great stuff and and it is i think that is like perfectly sums up the 80s which we're getting at the end of now we, we, we just celebrated our last 1980s uh debut so um nice way to wrap up the 80s i'd say there jack yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, not sure what we'll do uh, for the early 90s. Uh, we'll have to figure it out next week, so tune in. Um, Jeremy, there was a great, uh, a great clip that surfaced that's actually, that actually happened this yeah. week. Um, it yeah, was the, uh, so the, the ballpark. <laughs> yeah, right. So the Red Sox uh, officially lead the league in, in attendance now. Uh, a fan a couple of days ago, I think it was over the weekend, snuck in um uh to to the stadium to the uh, Fenway Park he climbed the green monster from the back i think and like just leaped over the fence and was like sitting in just sta- standing in like those seats on the green monster just screaming things so did you see this clip jeremy i did yeah i did yeah it's it's funny because i i like the what the announcers say at first when they're like where's all that yelling coming from and then the camera shows the guy and they're like oh my goodness um, okay. <laughs> a, uh, a, a a transcript, Jeremy, of exactly what he said. Um, I can I can go through it. Yeah. Is uh, he he says uh, first of all he says Boston loves New York. Yeah. Um, I don't know how true I don't know how true that is. Uh, but I, I know that like Boston sports teams definitely don't love New York sports teams. 
So I don't know. I don't know what point this guy was trying to make, but he said Boston loves New York. Uh, remember 9-11, the Boston Marathon, and then he yells at Michael Chavis in left field. <laughs> he goes, hey, number 23, you're no Michael Jordan. And then he goes, he goes, woo! And then uh, that's all you can hear from it. But right. that was some, that's some straight-up crazy stuff there. Yeah, I, I mean, it, yeah. So, again, another video worth, worthy of, of, like, a full breakdown. Um, he, he, he throws... He, he throw he has a hat on that's not it's like a non baseball it's like a baseball hat but with no no team affiliation and i don't know exactly what was on there but he throws that uh into the crowd or into onto the field and then he pulled out like a nerf football from under his shirt and threw it at michael chavis <laughs> in left field um but like yes i mean like the the roller coaster there i mean it's really funny it's like yeah like i don't think that boston loves new york i don't think new york loves boston but this guy in an in like in a plea to 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 val- like uh validate his like remember 911 which isn't even really a commemoration of it it's just it's just a statement uh but like remember 911 Boston Marathon like in order to like validate that he has to say like Boston loves New York or whatever and then immediately he's like hey, Michael Chavis you're no Michael Jordan or you know not even that number 23 you're no Michael. so he immediately shits on a player after like trying to like unify the, the two warring cities of New York and Boston and then he throws a Nerf football at him um now it's it's crazy like i got to say like in the year 2020 the climate of the world, the way things are, like, that's fucking terrifying, like, to have that fucking nutcase go, come into the, the field. <laughs> I mean, like, I I know that Michael K sounds crazy when he when he goes like, oh, my, like, um, <laughs> which is crazy because, like, I mean, again, you didn't know, like, if the fucker was going to, like, jump, you know, like, like from, like, because he wasn't even really right. on the, he wasn't really in the stands, like, he was... He was stand. He like climbed out on like a on a piece of like steel bo- beam, basically that like where like the uh, like he he was in like a camera uh, well, basically like they had camera people, and that's the other thing. Like if I was those camera guys, I would be freaked the hell out too, because this guy could like fucking Harry carry himself like, and I'm not talking about the announcer. Um, Harry carry himself like like <laughs> like right into like right in front of like the guys and maybe take the camera guy with him. Like it, it's crazy. Like I mean, I legitimately like. This guy could have like done something crazy, um, and uh, yeah, who knows, man? Yeah, well, they, um, you know, I mean, yeah, he could have pulled out a gun. He could have done. He could have done anything. He he, he yeah. seemed like he was capable of of anything. They said that yes. they took him to a, a psych ward uh, after uh, after they like captured him. Um, okay. Probably just like based on based on that last comment he made about Michael Chavis not being Michael Jordan. Um, because it's like, yeah, everything else you said wasn't that crazy, but that one, like, where did you get that one from, man? Like, you know, I guess they're both named Michael. Um, I don't know if this guy actually knew who Michael Chavis was. Um, uh, but also like, you know, it's like they play, they play different sports. Uh, although I guess they both did play left field when, uh, when Michael Jordan was playing baseball. Again, I'm giving this guy way too much credit. Um, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would love to abandon that. Yeah road right now because <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah no i mean uh it, it, it's it's crazy and like but you know i was watching more video i didn't watch i actually should go back and watch the actual like game feed of it because um because like in the like kind of highlight version of it they don't really show they show him maybe being apprehended but he kind of he kind of like kept climbing around after he yelled all that shit right because he kind of climbed again like around like this like camera well thing and like was in this like weird like I think he was standing on a beam again and then finally like came down to the seats and then was like taken out but like uh it just was it was it was crazy um and uh yeah I I don't I don't know I don't know what to make of it the only, the, the one comment I I could say about it is he kind of looked like flea jack I, are you do you, do you know what flea looks like <laughs> I, I don't Oh, Jeremy, is this going to be another rabbit hole for me? Um, no, 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 I, I, I don't know. It's just Flea from the from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, the bassist. I mean, he he's in, um, you know, he's been in movies now too. Like he's in Back to the Future too as Needles, and uh, he's in The Chase with uh, Charlie Sheen and Christy Swanson. <laughs> 
I think I've seen why well, I I know I've obviously seen Back to the Future too. I don't think I've ever seen the chase. Um, but I haven't seen Back to the Future two since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, Just so but you uh, I'll. Fly. I like what you said. <laughs> um. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, um, I'll say this, Jeremy, if the guy would have just been quiet, um, uh, you know, if he would have just, uh, been able to chill out and be quiet and watch the game, like, I wonder if a, like anybody, how long it would have taken anybody to notice that he was there. Yeah. Um, but also like if they would have just let him alone and like, like let him watch the game, probably not. Uh, I'm sure they would have kicked him out, but like, uh, yeah, I wonder how long he could have sat there before anybody really noticed him. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, it's. And, I mean, I don't think that was his objective, but you know. <laughs> no, and actually, uh, yeah. So Jeremy, I uh, yeah, he does look like Flea. I just, I just looked here. That's funny. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that is uh, that is pretty accurate. But uh, yeah, you know, um, uh, I guess I'm not going to give the guy any credit. But hey, he uh, he he went to more baseball games than us this year, Jeremy. So I guess I guess you can say that. Well, that doesn't make me feel good, but but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, all right. Well, um, so the uh, one other thing that I wanted to talk about was you know we're we're approaching the end of the season here, and uh, I wanted to um, you know it's we've I, I could say we've had a full season of of marquee network under our belts, but we've had about sixty games of it, uh, about fifty six games of it right now. Um, but uh, I wanted to talk about Cole Wright, uh, the uh, the like in studio host for for Cubs pre and post game, um, and I do this at the at the uh, um, you know the caution that you know I would I would drop everything uh, to to get a job on the Marquee Network, um, you know being like a, <laughs> a camera person or or whatever a vide- videographer or something. So uh, you know we may have to one day go back and edit out these comments, but, um, but I just have to say Cole Wright is horrible. He's just horrible. Is he really? Yeah. It's like, I, and I don't like, I don't hate the guy, but he's just, he's just a grown machine. Like he said, and it's not, and it's no, and it's not tongue in cheek. Like, I think he does it thinking like he's being like, you know, like a, a witty or like a, um, you know, an inventive, uh, TV personality like he he basically like he has like a thesaurus I feel like a baseball thesaurus and just uses every cliched baseball like uh, metaphor in the book like but then like he also hammers home ones like more than once where it's like if this was a great one and you said it twice like I guess that's fine but if it's bad it's just like why do you keep trying to make this happen so like the other day like when the Cubs uh, clinched uh, the playoff spot he kept saying like the Cubs will be playing in the second season and he's like all right and you know coming up later we'll be talking about the Cubs and their quest on the second season and it's like and that's just that's just one example because that's the one, one most fresh in my mind but it's just like oh my god like second like I've never even heard that and like you said it twice now um it's, it's <laughs> just brutal and then like I mean I'm, I'm just trying to think of some other like you know, he, he just uh, like any sort of like like hackneyed uh, like cliche baseball cliche. He's always on it. Like he's he's talking about like jacks and and taters and and ding dongs and and like like for homers and like uh, just it's it's just it's 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 horrible. It's not even that like obvious. It's just it's just it's just bad. And like, I don't know. I mean, I, I think like I wanted to address it because I assume that people, you know, there's some listeners out there who've kind of taken in, you know, 50 some odd games of the marquee network now and have seen Cole Wright day in and day out. And it's, it, it, it can be damn brutal. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't hate the guy. Like I don't, I, I don't hate him. Like I hate, like I've come to hate Matt Vesgersian at this point. I just, I can't stand him in his, like his lame humor attempts at humor, but Cole, Cole Wright is just like, it's like, man, you gotta, I like, I beg you to, to please go back to the drawing board and try something new. Yeah, I mean, um, it almost sounds, Jeremy, like he's trying to fast track his way to ESPN. Yeah, um, exactly. You know it, that that that's kind of that's kind of how like guys on like Sports Center talk. You know, they'll use the word like the word Jack or like uh, Ding Dong or whatever. You know, it's like it's like he's trying to like have his own style or like you know develop his own catchphrases and his own way of saying things before he's really like earned earned that as a broadcaster. Yeah. No, that's that's pretty spot on, Jack. He he he's like using the ESPN playbook basically, and like you know, it's like Stewart. Say what you want about Stuart Scott, uh, rest in peace. Like, um, 
but like a carbon copy, like a, a like a watered down version of Stuart Scott is just like next. Like, give me something else. Like, let's you know. And so it's um yeah it's it's it, it it's kind of rough um but uh, I don't know it's it's vi- the 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 post game uh, show is is actually interesting I, honestly I'll say this the the two women who are working at for Marquee Network are pretty good I think um, uh, Taylor McGregor and um, Erica I can't remember what the other woman's name is um, but she sometimes hosts the in the 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 post game when when Cole Wright is off. Um, like they do, they do a pretty good Alicia Menneker, I think is her name. They, they, they both do a great job. Um, the, the like in studio analysts are Sean Marshall and Ryan Sweeney. Like they both do a pretty good job. I actually like Sean Marshall. He's, he's kind of, he's a little stiff and he's kind of, he's a little vanilla, but I, I do kind of like him. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's. Cole Wright just needs to kind of go back to the drawing board, I would think. But um, I bet the marquee couldn't be more <laughs> pleased with with the results. So uh, it is what it is, I guess. But but yeah. Well, just another thing that you've got against the marquee network. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, uh, you know, I think um, like last time when we signed off, we were kind of framing up this episode and framing up like, you know, we're heading into the last week of the season here. Um, playoff spots are being claimed. Uh, races are, are winding up or, and kind of coming to a head. So um, figured we'd take some time to kind of take a look at the playoff picture and, and see where we all stand um, as we have about, like, what, like four games left of the season, right? Yeah, just about that. Um, uh, yeah, it seems like just about everybody's going to play 60, but the Cardinals are going to play 58, right? And so if they end up in a tie with other teams, they'll have to play two games on that Monday in Detroit, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, depending on if a whole bunch of crazy things play out. So, I mean, I I think that's also something, too. Like, somehow the Cardinals were able to actually make up all these games that they've missed, which seemed seemed unlikely when they were shut down for two weeks. It looked like they were only going to play, like, 50 games. But, yeah, I don't know. Somehow they did it. Somehow almost all these teams are going to get 60 games in. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, You know, the the, – second like the um second third fourth place uh and then nl central has been kind of like you know bouncing around like the last couple weeks or so like the reds were in second at one point i don't know if the brewers were actually in second place at any point um but uh i would um man as much as i you know don't care for the reds um or even necessarily the brewers i would god i would i would take any of them to make it over the cardinals uh i just i fucking hate the I hate the Cardinals and I fucking hate the 2020 Cardinals. Um, most of all, I would say. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. So it's interesting. I mean, the Cubs are, they're losing right now to the uh, pirates, uh, here in the top of the ninth, two to one. So they could, uh, they could drop another game here. Um, but, uh, I, they, I can't imagine that they don't win the, the NL central, even, even kind of, coming in cool here at the end of the season they do have three against the Sox, so who knows but um but yeah so so just to take a look at the playoff picture um you know uh the cubs uh have a spot at least um let's see the dodgers um have clinched Mm -hmm. uh the 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 west i believe the the braves have clinched um the east uh yeah yeah and then uh, the Padres, yes, they Padres have. have second place uh, wrapped up, and yeah, I don't know uh, if the season ended right now. Uh, it looks like the Cubs would play the Marlins in the first round. Yeah, um, uh, so you know that'll be interesting. The Marlins have some good pitchers at the uh, you know at the top of their uh, rotation. Um, I will say, Jeremy, uh, the last time the Cubs and the Marlins met in the playoffs, uh, it was not good. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. Um, so yeah, you know for. I think even as of last week, they, it was looking like they could play the Phillies, who now the Phillies are on the outside looking in, though it's still pretty close. Yeah. I can't believe the friggin' Giants could make the, the, the playoffs. Like, that is crazy. But, uh, but yeah, there's a lot still to be, uh, to be determined. Um, and, you know, thank, thank you, uh, Brandon Workman, for making sure that the Phillies are not going <laughs> to get in the playoffs. Uh, that was, a, I, I guess, a bad, uh, a bad trade. Who did they trade? Nick Pavetta for Brandon Workman? Uh, that sounds right, yeah. Yeah, I think they did. But, uh, yeah, the Phillies' bullpen has uh, basically been atrocious this year. Um, so, uh, yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting. Another, another collapse for the Phillies. 
kind of after they spent uh, all that money on those guys. And Bryce Harper has had kind of a lost season where you're not really hearing anything about him. I think Reese Hoskins is hurt. JT Realmuto is hurt. So, um, yeah, it looks like they're kind of uh, fading away. The Brewers lost tonight, uh, Jeremy, to the Reds, uh, 6-1. to Brewers are now under 500. Um, so they're hanging in there. But uh, I think they have a five-game series against St. Louis to end the year. So that one will be really interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't really want to run into the Reds uh, in the playoffs, though. I mean, you know, Trevor Bauer is a Cy Young candidate. Uh, you know, they, it, it could be tough, Jeremy. Um, yeah. I mean, even even the Brewers, uh, Corbin Burns might also win the Cy Young. I wanted, so, you yeah. know, these teams have some good pitchers. I wanted to talk about Corbin Burns. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, the guy is, uh, he's he's made something of himself. He has. Um, he possibly is going to win the first ever ERA title uh, for the Brewers, which would be uh, very, uh, which, that'd be exciting. And it's also kind of hard to believe that the, uh, that the Brewers have never had a guy win an ERA title. Although I think, I can't remember if, we ta- if it was on the podcast or if we were just talking to each other, but the Brewers never have like stud starting pitchers, just never. Um, uh, yeah, so it, I, it'll be interesting. Bur- Corbin Burns had a terrible year last year where it looked like uh, he was never going to be able to redeem himself. He was so bad. He pitched like 40-plus innings and had a 9 ERA. He gave up like 15 home runs. And, uh, you know, no one seemed to know what the hell was going on with him. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's back in, in a big way. He, he blew through the Brewers minor league system. Uh, he was one of the top prospects, and it looked like it was going to be all smooth sailing for him, especially when he got called up in 2018. But he just had a rough year last year. But now he's back, and he looks like the real deal. Yeah, for sure. Um uh yeah so i don't know uh, i mean um yeah the, the i think the um i think sunny didn't sunny gray just go on the dl or something so i i wonder or maybe he went on a little a little while ago or something so i i don't know like what that uh-huh. that certainly isn't good for the uh reds but um yeah maybe maybe somehow he'll be back or something um oh yeah it looks like he actually came back uh yesterday so yeah, probably not a big deal there. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I'm <clears throat> obviously from a Cubs standpoint. Um, now, here's the weird thing, Jack, is, you know, theoretically, the Cardinals, the Reds, and even the, the Brewers, I think, are still alive to make the playoffs. The White Sox, the Twins, and the Indians are in the playoffs. Um but I feel like the Cubs have not played anyone good this year, except for maybe like the Twins and and the White Sox. Yeah, well, I mean, and Jeremy, that's the sto- that's kind of the story with the White Sox too. Like it, it almost feels like the White Sox haven't played anybody good except for the Cubs and the Twins. You know, I feel like I feel like every time I look, they're playing a, they're you know playing uh, uh, the Royals or uh, you know or, or whatever the the, the Pirates, um, yeah. the Tigers. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of, uh, you know, they've played a lot of bad teams. So it'll be interesting this year uh, because, you know, in baseball, I think one of the reasons you don't need to have a lot of teams in the playoffs is because they play so many games. You play 162 games. So the, the cream rises to the top. And then, uh, you know, you, you, you really get to find out who the good teams and the bad teams are. But this year with uh, such limited schedules, uh, it'll be interesting to see how these teams do when they have to play like just an entire, you know, when they have to play good teams going forward. So I'm, I'm still, I'm still not sure like how legitimate the White Sox are yet. And yeah. it, it sounds like, you know, you feel that way about the Cubs too. Yeah. I mean, if the Cubs were playing like the Padres in the first round, it's like, okay, well I'll enjoy these last two games of the season, you know? Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll see. I mean, I do, I, I think we have a, I think we have a fairly decent shot against the, the Marlins, but um, you know, I don't, I don't want to overlook them, but also, I have no bearing at all on the outcome of the series, so so that's fine. Um, <laughs> but uh, but um, but yeah, so we'll see. I don't know. I think um, I definitely think uh, obviously the Dodgers and um, the Padres um, are looking good, and I, I mean, I, I yeah, we'll see about the White Sox. You know, I don't I don't really know. I'm not really blown away by anyone else in the American League, so that's that's the one thing there. Um, you know, maybe the Yankees if they. I don't even know if they can get healthy, but like, you know, I, I mean, I think people kind of joked about a Padres White Sox world series, but I'm almost like rooting for that right now. I mean, obviously if it's, if it can't be the Cubs, like I really want to see the Padres in the world series. Um, 
because uh, that would mean that the Dodgers aren't, so that would be good as well. But, um, yeah, right now, uh, you know, that's kind of what I'm looking for, and, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't know, Jeremy. I mean, um, Cleveland, uh, you know, they've had their problems, uh, you know, maybe hitting-wise. Jose Ramirez has, has really come on now yeah. uh, strong in about the last week. But, uh, they, you know, Cleveland has some really good starting pitchers. Yeah. I think I saw a statistic that um, – the ERAs for relief pitchers this year are like maybe higher than they've ever been. So like, you know, starting pitching and, uh, you know, the innings that those guys can eat, uh, will be really important. Now, now here's the thing. Um, I think all the way up through the, the only time they're having days off in the playoffs is going to be the world series. Am I, am I right about that? Uh, I think so. Yeah. 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 So the division series and the league championship series, there's going to be no days off between the games. Which means that, say for the uh, you know for the league championship series, your game one starter, if you're gonna go, have him go on his full rest, will not be uh, you know available again until game six. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, the, you know you could pitch him on short rest and you could pitch on game five or in game five. But I I, th- I do think that that's gonna fa- play a huge factor in the playoffs is not having any off days because you're not gonna give the pitchers any time to rest. So I think conceivably, no matter what teams are playing. By the time they get to the you know league championship series, even the division series, uh, we're going to be seeing a lot of runs scored in the playoffs because these pitchers are going to be just gassed. Yeah, no, I know it's it's yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, from uh, just I yeah, it, it's 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 weird because like <clears throat> I was um, I feel like I mean when baseball when baseball season was being talked about coming back when baseball was being talked about coming back, um, you know every plan that they threw out there seemed to uh, seemed to include like a certain amount of chaos you know and like i was kind of like well all right let's you know we'll uh we'll take the chaos i guess uh because because you just wanted to have baseball come back uh now it's like now that the cubs are in it like i have a rooting interest i'm like god damn this like <clears throat> the cubs could as easily lose the like two games to whoever and be done um they could easily like make it and then like like to the next round and just like be yeah totally spent with pitchers you just got to hope that the other uh teams are in the same boat and it's just like a race to to the bottom or something but like uh yeah it's it's gonna be crazy and it's like i almost i can almost wish i could just watch the playoffs with no like you know rooting interest and just uh kind of embrace the the chaos because it's gonna be tough um if uh if the cubs get screwed over somehow and i have to deal with that i guess (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, one other thing is that, you know, there are so many teams in the playoffs. Uh, this might be the only time we ever see this happen uh, with this many teams. I, I don't think that the players union is going to want to go for uh, expanded playoffs like this. Uh, I, a big issue is that, um, you know, the owners might not want to spend money on players. Because if you can make the playoffs with a team that's essentially mediocre or like just above 500 then what will be the incentive to give guys like huge free agent contracts and, and stuff like that? I, so I think that I've, I've heard that brought up and I think it's a really good point. I'm, I'm somebody who's not an advocate for like more teams making the playoffs. Uh, you know, sure, it might, it might keep team, more teams in it until the end. But I, I like the exclusivity of the, the baseball playoffs. It's the hardest sport to make the playoffs in. Uh, you know, I think like every other sport, half the teams make it. Um, and baseball doesn't have that. I, I think it's, um, I always thought that was cool. So, you know, while I'm, uh, I'm a little skeptical about how this will play out, I think just for a, a one year like this, like you said, it's, uh, all the craziness is, is fine. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's just what it is. And I, I don't know what other ways around it there, there were. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, Jack, do you have any, um, like early thoughts about, um, you know, award winners or anything like MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year. Well, I feel like I feel like there's too many guys having good years in the NL like Cy Young race to possibly yeah. determine who who could be uh, who could be it. Um, I want Corbin Burns to win it. Uh, uh, I, I think the last guy to win the Cy Young for the Brewers was probably Raleigh Fingers um, in the early '80s. I think did he win both the Cy Young and the MVP award? I think he did. He won the MVP, so he probably won the Cy Young too. Um, I think that was '81, so that was the year before the Brewers made the uh, World Series. But yeah, so it's been a long time, and it's never happened in my lifetime. Uh, you know, Jacob Degrom, like uh, 
he's got a 2.14 ERA, so to see him win what would be his third Cy, straight Cy Young would be neat. Uh, Dinelson Lamette is having a good... Am I, am I saying that right? I never watch Padres games. Is that how you say... I think it's Denelson. Denelson? Denelson Lamette? Okay. He, he, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, he's having an outstanding year. Trevor Bauer is having a really good year. But yeah, I'm definitely rooting for, uh, for Corbin Burns. Um, I think that Freddie Freeman is having an MVP quality year for the, uh, for the Braves. He's got really good numbers. Uh, in the AL, I think that the, uh, uh, I think Shane Bieber should probably win the Cy Young. Um, yeah. uh, and the, I think the MVP race is going to be very interesting. It's, uh, it seems like it's almost a, a two horse race between Tim Anderson and Jose Abreu, but a lot of people are now, uh, pushing for Jose Ramirez, uh, to, to, to win it, or at least to get some votes. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he sneaks in there, but, but yeah, I mean, it might be between Tim Anderson and Jose Abreu. Yeah. You know, I, I, um, I'm kind of feeling, uh, Jose Abreu, but, um, we'll see. Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy that like, you know, two guys, uh, could be kind of battling it out for two guys on the same team could be battling it out for, uh, for MVP. But, uh, but yeah, it's true. Um, I, I think I'd, I'd have to imagine Shane Bieber has got the AL Cy Young wrapped up. Um, for the NL, yeah, it's 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 really tough. The NL uh, Cy Young, I mean, <clears throat> I know people were saying, and I know I know that I'm a Cubs fan, and I know that people were saying that Darvish maybe have kind of blew his um, his uh, chances uh, at Cy Young. But if you look at the, I and I know that wins and losses don't matter, but like Darvish has like so many more uh, decisions. I mean, I guess he, I guess uh, Bauer has is five he I think he won tonight so he's five and four but Darvish is seven and three like so that means that he's been in a lot of um you know he's been in a lot of contests to um to get a decision uh so he's been pitching late into games um but yeah it's hard for me to like to say because like you know whenever like there's kind of like a bunch up of um you know guys uh you kind of like look to the record or something right and like you know DeGrom I feel like I, I wish we could just throw DeGrom out right away just because, like, the Mets are, you know, I, I don't even know if the Mets are yeah. mathematically alive yet. But um, <clears throat> but that didn't stop him from winning the Cy Young the last two years. So who who knows? Yeah. Uh, I, I think that um, I, I had actually forgotten to mention Darvish. He was the other guy that I would have mentioned. But, yeah, he's his last uh, couple of starts haven't been as good as, uh, you know, how, how he uh, – how he started the season, but I will say, Jeremy, I, I think that your your argument about um, how many decisions he has is valid. Uh, people people say that wins and losses are not a you know a good measurement of how a pitcher is doing. Um, I, I I think it's just an antiquated uh, stat. I don't think it's like you know necessarily good or bad. It's just that pitch starting pitchers now most guys only go five like you know maybe six innings. Six innings is a really good start, right? Um, and so they're just, you know, pitchers aren't used in the same way that they were used, um, you know, years ago when they would typically be expected to finish a game. So usually the guy with the most wins, maybe it meant the offense was good, but also he was probably better than the pitchers he was facing. You know, a guy that, you know, won a ton of games, he was pitching the entire game. So like, yeah, you know, maybe he was behind a good offense, but he was also, um, you know, he also probably didn't come out a lot. Whereas today, you know, if a guy only pitches five innings, whatever, I understand why people don't value wins now. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, seven wins in a 60 game season. Uh, I think there's something to be said for that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I've actually been in, in recent weeks now, I've too, I've been kind of looking at our, our over unders too, and to see which ones we're going to hit. I think we're going to hit that over. We're going to be very close on that over under for homers uh, with uh, Luke Voigt. Um, I think he's at 20 right now. Um, but, uh, we'll see. I think that, I think the over, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm still regretting that over and under. So that's why I want to hit that over just to justify that, that number. <laughs> I think it was 22, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I do believe it was. And, uh, who, who would have ever thought that it would be Luke Voigt who would reach, who would reach that? <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, well, um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, as far as the rookies of the year races go, I mean, I, you know, I was really hoping that Luis Robert would would win it, um, but he is, um, he's he's been horrible lately. And he I has, think, like, yeah, you know, if if it was neck and neck, I think like again with the White Sox being as um, 
successful as they have been. I think that would have pushed him over past Kyle uh, Kyle Lewis, but I think that um, I think at this point it's Kyle Lewis's uh, award to lose. Um, in the National League, there just there just have not been many guys who've stepped up. Um, I think right now the the front runners are Jake Cronenworth and um, oh Alec Baum. Uh, or Alec Bohm, I don't know how you say it, but from the uh, from the Phillies, um, those two guys are are kind of right up there. They they have pretty pretty uh, com- uh, comparable um, numbers, uh, but Cronenworth I think has been up for the whole year, so um, we'll see about that. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, the Cronenworth yeah. came over to the Padres um, in that Tommy Pham trade for Hunter Renfro, and right now that one's looking like totally one sided. <laughs> well, uh, I'll say this, Jeremy Cronenworth is 26, so uh, yeah, so he is an he's an old rookie. Similar to uh, Spuds uh, Chris Sabo, right? Yeah, Spuds Chris Sabo, and uh, hey, I, I think even Jose Abreu is 26 when he won his Rookie of the Year award. So uh, yeah, who knows? Uh, I guess maybe there's some, something to be said for for old rookies. Uh, and yeah, this is a, this is a strange year um, to be a rookie, Jeremy, because. Uh, you know, um, the rosters are different, and I'm sure the are the is the rookie eligibility. The rookie eligibility must be different, right? Um, or or not? You know, I don't I don't know, Jack. I'm, I'm not sure, and so yeah. like, that's a good question because it's like, could Alec Baum win Rookie of the Year and still have rookie eligibility next year? Like that would be crazy. Uh, oh, you know, it'd be cool. Know. Is yeah, I mean, technically, Jeremy, hey, like. What if, you know? What if the guy, uh, him or Cronenworth or whoever, wins Rookie of the Year? But then, I mean, they must technically, probably, maybe still be a rookie, so that they could, you know, they could win Rookie of the Year twice. Never happen. It would never happen, but uh, it could happen. Who knows? Yeah. Or they're like, all right, listen, Bohm, we would have gave it to you if you were going to lose rookie eligibility, um, but uh, you know, since Cronenworth is this is his last shot, we're gonna we're gonna go with him, and uh, we'll get you next year. You know. Yeah, right, right. Um, and, you know, speaking of rookies, I do think it's exciting that the White Sox brought up Garrett Crochet. Uh, you know, it was, it was a ballsy move. They, they said that they picked him uh, with, with the intention of maybe using him later on in the season. So, uh, yeah, he looks, he looks pretty uh, like, you know, he might be a stud pitcher. It'll be interesting to see if – I'm not sure if they're projecting him to be a starter or, like, you know, he looks like he could be, like, another, uh, you know, Josh Hader – type of like just fireballer guy um and yep. and he is the he's the first pitcher or he's the first player since Mike Leak to not uh you know to not uh ever play in the minor leagues yeah. before making his his major league debut um let's 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 just hope that he you know stays away from all of the you know department stores that are on the Meg Mile and and you know doesn't get any ideas about you know about maybe some shirts that he would need that he wouldn't want to pay for um <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, it'll be interesting. Um, I guess, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll 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 try to dig deeper into the uh, awards, you know, in the off season uh, after the playoffs are behind us. But Jack, it's uh, it's it's kind of sad here to think about that uh, baseball is almost over. Um, it's it's kind of helped us all get through the quarantine. I was I was getting depressed about it earlier, Jack. Um, you know. Uh, the, the regular season is, is winding down on Sunday and then like, you know, the playoffs, who knows how long they can last, but they're at best case scenario, they're only gonna last another month. So it's like our time with baseball here to get us through this quarantine is, is, uh, is limited. So, um, yeah, man, it's, uh, I was getting a little bummed about it, but, uh, I just gotta, gotta savor what's left, I guess. Yeah. Well, and Hey, you know, they are, they are planning on having people to the NLCS and world series. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, um, you know, we, we might see Marlins Man on TV after all this year, so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, that'll wrap it up uh, for us. Um, well, next time we hear from you, the playoffs uh, should be underway, so uh, that'll be interesting. Um, so um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch you next time uh, for Indelay Theater. I'm Jeremy Dionisio, and I'm Jack Swakowski. Take it easy.